RVN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Another interesting Interesting day in the trade. Another drop that we see in the corn market. The beans, though, had a little bit of strength going on to them while it was definitely lower on the wheat side. You flip the screen and you take a look at the livestock side and, well, we had some serious green action going on there. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot of factors working into today's trade with Darren Fessler. He's with Lakefront Futures in studio versus us always talking on the phone. So it's nice to be able to sit across the table from you. Unfortunately, not a lot of good news when you look at this grain complex. And no, 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 yeah, it's been a rough week to start off, uh, you know, the end of May and to start the, you know, the new new month of June here. But it's it's one of these things where you you've seen technical pressure over the last couple of weeks. It, it's just more only accelerated here. I think one year, you know, the first couple weeks of June typically are seasonally bullish, but I think those seasonalities may be coming into play here a little bit sooner. And then you yesterday you really got a close below the fifty day in the December corn, which really really gave way to the funds to sell it. And I think anything below the 50 funds are looking to liquidate. Now, the big key thing is, do we hold the 100 at 671? Um, anything below there, they're looking to liquidate and go short. And so it's just the, it's the environment that we're in right now. And, but I don't think it's, we're all, I don't think we're, say it's not done just yet um but at the end of the day it's, there's a big divergence between what's going on in the bean market and then what's going on in corn and wheat before we dive into that i kind of want to rewind a little bit to look at yesterday's trade was there just a lot of factors coming off a three-day holiday weekend and a month that really helped to pull those prices down so low well, we did receive some good rains. The the outlook still looks cooler to wet. Um, so, you know, speaking with clients across Iowa, that there's not a whole big threat weather wise. And and then you add that with the bearish fundamentals here, um, you know, or bearish technicals, I should say. Um, you just have a market that just wants to sell it off. And uh, the big key thing is we we made lower lows, and that's something from a technical perspective you do not want to see. Um, but again, we are coming into this growing year with a much you know smaller carryout than we had in the past uh, at these type of levels. Uh, the big thing I always mention to clients is um, the correlation with these 22 and say these of 2008 still running over 92 percent so again i think those correlations have to be respected even though the outside economic fundamentals might be a lot different this year around but as a whole though uh you got to have a plan in this environment so the million dollar question is this the low for the corn or could we go lower i think we could always go lower um, the key things I'm looking for the rest of the week is we need to have we need to start establishing new highs where we go back up, retest the five and nine day moving averages, and the big one is holding the hundred day. Um, probably over the next couple of weeks, if we continue to see pressure, uh, that's going to be a big one because below that hundred, there's just you know nothing but air, and that's why it's it's very very important that producers have a plan in place given what they're. Their inputs are this year, and I know there's a lot that are sitting on the sideline still. Well, it's going to recover. It's going to recover. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. What's the plan to take at that point? But soybeans, on the other hand, I mean, we saw some strength going on in the trade today. Did that catch some by surprise? 
you know, technically they, they have been bullish. They held the hundred, uh, the 20 day moving average yesterday. They've held it four different times now. Um, I think you're seeing an unwind between that bean and corn ratio type trade. And then you have North Dakota that's almost 50% below their five year average. So, um, there is some talk or maybe some rumors that, you know what, if North Dakota gets some more rain, they're already June. What's the prospect of them having, you know, more PP on even on the beans. And so I think the beans still are relatively cheap compared to corn. And obviously watching what happens in Brazil and the talks with China and all that is also being factored into what we're oh, seeing in our yeah. prices. Very much so. And I, I think that's a big, uh, when I spoke to you on Friday, that was a big, big threat uh, about the Chinese and the Brazil getting a deal done on the corn side of things, really going to put us in the kind of the back burner. Uh, and if you look at the world trade, Argentina being the cheapest corn right now, Brazil uh, being the second cheapest, and obviously the U.S. being the most expensive of the major three exporters. And then we always obviously have the issue with Ukraine. So, um, you know, the talk of Ukraine maybe trying to get, you know, grain out of their exports all trying to backlog this trade here. But it makes you wonder, what does Putin want? If he is willing to negotiate this deal with Ukraine to get some grain movement, there's got to be something on the on the flip side for him. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, but Russia's sitting on a really good crop right now. And so the prospects of Russia having a good crop with the impact of, you know, rains across Kansas potentially in the next uh, 10 day on the Euro mm-hmm. model and France getting rain you know, boy, that's put a really tough uh, uh, technical look on that wheat market. What is the quality of the wheat here in the States? You know, the the Kansas wheat crop, it, it depends on where you're at. The eastern parts of Kansas probably are looking pretty good. Uh, you get to the southwest part near near Liberal, uh, not so much. So they, I think the, the rains are probably coming a little bit too late for those guys. A lot of things to factor on. Before we know it, we're going to be into that winter wheat harvest and and weather will play a huge factor in it, but it makes you wonder what the quality and what those bushel numbers are going to be like. Yeah, and, and as of right now, I mean, we're sub 30% good to excellent. Um, you know, and I don't think the market's necessarily too concerned that we're going to run out of wheat, uh, especially if the prospect of Ukraine can get some of that grain off the, off of their, you know, ports and into the market. And then again, Russia, uh, coming up, looks like they're going to have a decent crop. And then obviously if we get some rains across Kansas. Maybe that might be that saving grace for some of that crop that really needs it. Do you think that's going to pull back on that world food supply panic that's been going on? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think there, that there's an idea out there. Um, it's interesting that, you know, Biden was speaking with the Powell about, you know, what, what the Fed could do about this. So I think there's a lot of things in the work right now that, you know, we might not be aware of. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We got a lot more to look at when we come back on this second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to talk about the flip side of everything with this cattle market, with the hog market. If you remember from last week, we were talking about China saying it's almost too expensive to be raising hogs. What does that mean for us, not only from a hog export, but a grain export perspective? We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Let's get another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids. We're going to visit with Jeff Landon of Nebcan Ag Supply out of Alma, Nebraska. Jeff tells us he finds working with Fontenelle very rewarding. Fontenelle has always been focused on our growers and us as a dealership. This helps us create relationships and give our growers the upper hand. Jeff, what makes Fontenelle stand out among other local seed brands? It comes down to how our customers experience the brand and how that brand makes a perfect feel. At Fontenelle, they feel like they're on a team, and our customers are a very important part of our winning team. 
Fontanelle hybrids are bred, tested, and selected locally. So tell us how have these products performed on your own farm? It has performed well over the past years that we planted it. And when we place a Fontanelle hybrid on the farm, it's a worry-free decision for us. Consistent yields and plant health are always a must. Fontanelle hybrids deliver just that. That's Jeff Landon with Nebcan Ag Supply out of Alma, Nebraska. For more, visit your local Fontanelle Hybrids dealer. I'm Joe Gangler. RVM. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Darren Fessler. He's with Lakefront Futures. We kind of left off talking about the doldrums of this grain complex. On the flip side of it, uh, the stressors are there for our livestock producers as well as they watch these feed input costs continue to grow. Even if they have the feed on the farm from what they grew, there's still that input cost to getting these livestock fat enough to go to market. Yeah, it, it's been a very big struggle uh, with, with cattle producers. Um, you know, hogs have had a good rally. I've obviously pulled back here quite a bit. Um, but again, I mean, you, you look at the cattle complex as a whole here, I mean, and until we know a little bit more about how this crop is looking, I'm, I'm going to stick with this stance is, you know, you're going to have days like today where cattle was up strong. And you, the next headline out of corn or out of Russia or weather wise, I mean, mm-hmm. could send cattle right back lower here. Um, but again, I, you know, I think that if you look longer term, Q4, Q1 of next year, you know, you're going to run into major issues with cattle. I, I don't think necessarily the supply is there. I think that you're going to run into issues uh, with weights. You're already starting to see that. And so, again, I think this cattle market could be very bullish, but. How is the outside markets looking? How is those equity markets looking? Because it's, it's going to be very, very correlated towards you know consumer sentiment and mm-hmm. and how people feel about spending not just for hamburger but steak you know stuff like that and the consumer sentiment uh, you know from University of Michigan a lot of things are in the tank right now consumers aren't feeling all that great we got gas prices food prices and so it's you know for cattle to really get some steam and really get some momentum behind them you're going to have to see some you know better outlooks among the consumer side of things well you know and i was listening coming in this morning um to a podcast and they were talking because i was curious what they were thinking about consumers and groceries and gas and everything else and he said you know you got people working two three jobs and right now they're at that break even point because of the cost of the gas the cost of, of grocery stores but then on the flip side of it from a retail perspective if they start seeing consumers pull back, they get all that meat in the freezer and the coolers. They're going to have to do a push on some sales. Uh, I, I would certainly think, um, you know, you would think that on gas as well, too. But it's um, it's definitely a refining issue on the gas side of things. But the consumer and cattle, um, yeah, I really want to be ca- bullish cattle. I really do. But you you, you really you got to get, you know, above some 20-day moving average. You got to see multiple days above there. And we're just, you know, a lot of people and clients have asked me, well, is now a time to buy? Is now a time to buy? You know, I, I don't want to catch a falling knife. And that's what cattle kind of feel like at the moment so these cattle weights dropping 15 pounds in the last two weeks has got to be the writing on the wall that enough's enough on these corn prices uh i i agree i i've been saying this for a while now where you're going to have guys just shove cattle through the system they the cost of gains is too much for a lot of these guys and not only that it's they take western nebraska that hopefully knock on wood these guys get some rain mm-hmm. but you know that's that's an area that needs some good rain to, to, to revitalize some of these grass and these pastures and and if we don't get that What's the alternative to feed eight dollar corn or you know seven fifty corn? Those guys are going to continue to shove it through their system. You're going to see lower weights. You're going to see lesser cattle. I, I continue to say this, but you're going to come in here one month and you will see placements 
pretty low and people are what happened to the cattle and i think you might be starting to see some glimpses of the issues in in cattle in my opinion even the alternative feed sources are getting to be too expensive uh yeah i mean you take a look at your beans you take a look at wheat i mean you ain't going to feed 14 dollar wheat or 12 dollar wheat here so um wheat and wheat i think has its own issues at the moment um and and beans i think the bean market again i think the bean market could be pretty bullish here it depends on how north dakota gets planted but again a, a, you know if they get some rain next couple of weeks i i think the beans could be looking at quite a bit of pp much more than what the market thinks well former ambassador to china terry brand said who happened to be a former governor from iowa uh spoke at usmef last week and he was really stressing to everybody in the room that says hey china cannot afford to raise hogs right now it's just not profitable so having said that kind of a double-edged sword we get kind of punched in the gut from a grain perspective but from a hog perspective let's bring on some more exports you know there's high prices always cure high prices in, in right. a way uh, and it what always follows inflation is deflation and i i know that people fill up the pump that's not something they want to talk about but i think there is brighter days ahead on a lot of these things but it's going to come with some pain uh, economically, um, but again, yeah, China saying that there's issues there is probably why they're you know having auctions on their soybeans and and you know that creates a problem. How much more uh, corn is China going to buy? How much beans is China going to buy? I think it comes down to a lot of you know what what China ends up doing here. Um, we could go from a 1.3 billion carryout to 1.7 in a hurry, um, you know, if our exports don't get realized. All right, lots of things we looked at today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly, 312-858-3668. And, of course, follow you on Twitter. you got some great stuff on there as well. Yes, thank you so much. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, uh, you can find this as a podcast by going to ruralradionetwork.com, Apple and Google Play, wherever you pick up your podcast. They're for free. And we always want to remind folks that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that is not suitable to all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.